Welcome to The Practice Podcast, a show created by lawyers to help lawyers in life and business without all the complicated lawyer language. Let's welcome Bast Amron founders and your hosts, Jeff Bast and Brett Amron. Hi, Nelson. Hi, Brett. Hey, Jeff. How are you? I'm great. Are you? It's a Friday. It is Friday. I am recording a podcast. With me, which is you. Uh, Awesome. And a special guest. Yeah. It's really nothing. And we live in paradise. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful day out in my in sunny South Florida. Yeah, the rain has stopped. That's good. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Nice, be- beautiful day. Should we talk about our guest or you want to just chat and let him sit there in silence? I mean, he looks intrigued. Yeah. So yeah. he's falling asleep. He's open. He's open. Hey, wait, he's falling asleep. He's we open. Should, we should. Yeah. Our guest today is Matt Landau. Matt is a well-known figure in the travel industry, particularly in the vacation rental and home sharing sector. Professionally, he's an entrepreneur, consultant, and podcaster who has dedicated his career to helping vacation rental owners and managers succeed in their business. Personally, he is often described as passionate, charismatic, handsome, I threw that one in there, and a natural storyteller who is genuinely interested in the people he meets and the places he visits. He is, from the business side, he's the founder of VRMB, which is the leading media company in the emerging vacation rental sector. And he's the co-founder of Esperanza Social Venture Club, a gang reintegration project in the evolving historic district of Casco Viejo. He has an international economics degree from the University of Richmond and a Spanish diploma from the University of St. Louis in Madrid. He is the host of the Vacation Rental Show presented by Booking.com. I've seen that. Very good show. He has a podcast called Unlocked by Matt Landau. And he is the producer behind How to Save Your Vacation Rental Business, which is a new educational series about community building in the sharing economy. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. Wow. Did you know you do all that stuff? I mean, that's pretty impressive. So I have to add a disclaimer that, that I didn't write that. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, that's all better. That's better. That was written by ChatGPT. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so and I, who knows you better? I was asked by... Um, was this really? What, asked, what yeah. you sent us prepared by ChatGPT? Yeah. In fact, I sent a screenshot. I love it. To show, oh, I yeah, I did see that, but I didn't really even pay attention to. What and what that I think was. is quite interesting is, I said, give a bio about who I am, but include a little personal and a little business, and that's what it produced. Wow, what I just and how about read the, is my ver. I took it and find you know, but where did they it. get the? He has often been. Yeah, I think it just they he just called, made that like, up. Passionate, no, that charismatic, chat GPT. It's like where did that passionate, come from? Charismatic and a natural storyteller. I think it is because you're on your podcast. You are a good storyteller. I think so. And I asked after I sent that prompt, I was mm. like, hmm, wonder if there's something else I would like to ask it. So I said, what is the natural mm-hmm. next business oh. evolution for Matt Landau? Oh, oh. Well, do you want to give that say? away? State secrets on this podcast? I'll summarize it. It summarized everything that I'm beginning to work on right now. Wow. Which is in-person events, more retreats, uh-huh. right? more connection, more human and sustainability measures. It wow. predicted all that. And wow. after it gave me that response, I was tempted. I was like, what else do I want to ask? <laughs> and then I just decided to close the window, yeah. you know? So what I think is That's interesting amazing. about that, number one, it's it's amazing, right? So cool. The artificial That's intelligence. A great, great use of it. But it's a little scary. No? Like, how does it know all of that? Where is it pulling that from? From the internet, right? It's like, it's Combing, you, know, you have a lot internet. of data it's, points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it is right. It's compiling the information. That's from, a little bit crazy, scary. Yeah, it's cool. Bit. Yeah, anyway, we're gonna talk about AI on this pod. I didn't know we were gonna talk about yeah, AI on this pod. I don't think that wasn't the plan, but 
tell us how you how'd you get into this career first like because the vacation rental business really is a, a new industry right emerging industry so how'd you get your start there it is new in a lot of ways so airbnb for instance has made this style of lodging much more popular much more mainstream but i've always traveled in vacation rentals with my family back from the earliest trips that we ever took uh, we would rent a home a beach home Mm-hmm. A mountain home, it was always a good deal. You had spaces to share with friends and family. In that sense, it's not a new industry at all. Right. I was not aware that it was an actual sector, a recognized business sector, mm-hmm. until I purchased a vacation rental management company. And this was 2006, a year out of graduation. I studied economics. Knew I didn't want to go to the major hubs that most of my friends were going to, but didn't know what I wanted to do. And found myself in Casco Viejo, Panama. Have either of you been? No. UNESCO but I'm World available. Heritage Site. Yeah, we can do a research trip. I'm available. I'm available to go. Let's go. Um, it is Friday. Beautiful, historic yeah. district. Looks French, Spanish, colonial architecture. But it was completely undeveloped. In fact, it had deteriorated over decades. Mm-hmm. Used to be the center of the country. And it just sort of fell in disrepair. Mm. I explored. I was on a vacation. And I stayed in the only accommodations in town, which was a vacation rental, and ended up forming a wonderful relationship with the owners. That property ended up becoming my window into this neighborhood. And it was so interesting and such a different kind of place than I had ever seen. I ended up helping them with their business. I had some website building skills and search engine optimization before it was too popular. And next thing you know, they offered to sell me the business. And within effectively overnight, I became a hospitality professional wow. in the vacation rental industry with zero experience other than the fact that I have stayed. You stayed in places, right? That's yeah. awesome. And that, that was the beginning of my vacation rental journey. Wow. That's so amazing. do you list this property still own? Or? I don't. I sold yep. that business okay. five years ago. When you say it was business, I mean, it was a single property. Was it a single home? Did there were multiple rooms? Like how, not to get into the weeds a little bit, but I'm curious. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing about the professional vacation rental management sector mm-hmm. in that the majority of the businesses, mine included, are not real estate businesses. They are management businesses. Mm-hmm. So they're very asset light. The business itself is effectively an arrangement, an exclusive arrangement with a property owner, a team who maintains, cleans, serves up the hospitality and the technology that's being used. So to that's find, what I To bought. find renters. And you to mean, book when them. When you say the technology, right? The booking platforms. Right. Uh-huh. right. All kinds of tech behind the scenes. Hmm. That is what I purchased, and that is what I grew. And that is different from like VRBO or Airbnb or a competitor or? Close. Okay. So you have a couple stakeholders in the industry. You have the homeowners. Mm-hmm. You have the managers. And then you have the booking advertising platforms such as Airbnb and VRBO, Mm Booking.com, that the homeowners, if they're managing themselves or the managers who are managing for the homeowners, Mm -hmm. use to reach new audiences. Most good professional managers have their own website, so you can book with them directly like you would a hotel. But a lot of independent vacation rental owners, they'll just put the property on a listing site and that's the business. Mm. Okay, got it. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting industry curious where it is going versus the traditional hospitality industry with room rates that are skyrocketing. What have you seen relative to that in your industry? Our industry is changing so rapidly. I think every industry is. Right. But we disrupted hotels to a great degree. 
most hotel lobbies are doing one thing, and that's fight against their competition that is short-term rentals. Right. So we've changed a great deal over the years. Regulation has become the single biggest impediment. Sure. Fairly. I don't like having a party next door to my house. I don't think anybody does. Everybody. Every, right, yeah. Every neighbor has, every neighborhood has that concern, right? And because it's so new, unless you have good restrictions in place and ways to regulate, it's very hard to ensure that this sector of ours is actually contributing to communities and destinations as opposed to just extracting. And unfortunately, we have lots of people who just want to extract. Mm. And right now, for those of us who are trying to do things as professionally as possible, it's uniting behind certain standards and expectations and really weeding out bad actors who just give the industry a bad name. But those are renters, right? This is the target of that. The, home, the homeowner, right? Or the, it's, it's mostly the managers. Managers. Oh, really? That are the bad actors in this scenario? Because people, I mean, in my neighborhood, I don't want VRBOs next door because they're going to come and party. It's not the renter, it's the tenant, I think. But maybe the renter, the landlord can restrict them. Typically, a homeowner has a vested interest in the neighborhood. So if you go next door to your homeowner, right. who's your neighbor, and say, we got an issue here. There's more of a vested interest for that person Mm -hmm. than if it was a fly-by-night manager who just got agreement with the homeowner. Right. So homeowners definitely have a stake here. Managers are the ones who are setting the expectations. So Mm. either you're going to do a really professional job and you're going to welcome great guests and take this seriously, or you're not going to do any of that. And the people who end up staying at that property are irresponsible and end up making a fuss. And you're not there to solve it. But they what? They're putting restrictions, no loud music after a certain hour type thing? Is that? Just not really taking it seriously, the irresponsible Mm. actors. So I trace everything. I trace all the bad guests back to bad managers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how do they, you know, because if you go on a website to book, like if I went on to book a property, how do they know if I'm going to be a problem or not? You know, how can they, how can they sort of figure that out. This is another new mm-hmm. territory. Yeah. Because a lot of people yeah. have simply never stayed at a vacation rental before. They've trashed plenty of hotel rooms. Right. <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I've been doing it for a long time too. And I, I'm amazed. Trashing hotel rooms? <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> That's good. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, that too. Back in my touring days, we would, yeah, trash hotels. The uh, I'm amazed at how many people I know that have never, ever stayed at an Airbnb or VRBO. Or, or, it's amazing. And even that statement, great. that statement bothers me, the way that you use Airbnb. Oh, Airbnb, yeah. Airbnb, oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'll use my technology, my terminology. A vacation yeah. rental. Uh-huh. Yeah. A short-term yeah. rental. A short-term, short-term rental. rental. Okay. Come on, man. Okay, a short-term rental. Yeah. But this is but part that, of my- that's upside for you. Right, it's opportunity. It's part of my job. Right. Is to help people understand that there is a broader industry, that there are professionals mm-hmm. beyond just a platform that yeah. happens to be advertising a property. Right. Who is also, by the way, not very interest-vested in the local right. okay. ongoing. Fair enough. That said, category awareness mm-hmm. right now is at an all-time high for short-term rentals. People are staying in them and being aware of them for the first time. You see advertisements on the Super Bowl right. for them. But a lot of people also don't really know what to expect when they're checking yeah. into a short-term rental. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. It's a crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see pictures and you read the description, but anybody can Sometimes, say anything and yeah. put up pictures and it doesn't matter. You Sometimes show up. Those pictures are, yeah. Are, yeah. The, <laughs> Not the best day or never. A long like it's a ago. picture from somewhere, from somewhere else. Right. And then take it one step further. You've mm-hmm. got the hosts who will uh, put cameras inside. Uh, yeah. You know, I recently was hearing about that. Like there, I saw something online about doing sort of a walkthrough. There's technology now to figure out if there are any cameras. Yeah. Uh, in your rental. Like you can use a device or something to kind of feel like, are we there? Are we there? That's it's terrifying. Nuts. One other interesting point is that technology is improving this area greatly. Mm-hmm. So there are guest vetting tools now that are implementing artificial intelligence right. so that we can see that a guest is not a criminal mm-hmm. without discriminating because there's fine lines there too. Mm-hmm. Right. And storing bad actors in a way that that person who trashed, like if Jeff trashed my vacation rental, I'm not going to let him stay at your property. Right. You're going to post that somewhere, yeah. presumably, or, yeah. or put a comment so that a chat GPT, for example, right? If you put in, should I rent you know, this property to Jeff Bast, it would pop yes. up, presumably, you know? Yes, I'm, if you I'm want it trashed. Tenant. Yes, if you want it trashed, right? Tenant. That would be the answer. <laughs> a lot of it does. I'm tra- an excellent tenant. And if anyone who uh, says I'll, that I'll three times, is almost always I not. go above exactly. and beyond. I go above. <laughs> I'm and always telling the truth. I'm a really honest guest. Right, I'm honest. But I also will add that the storing of information mm-hmm. of who's a potentially good guest, who's not a good guest. And this is all so new for all of us. There's a lot of upside, but there's also a lot of ways downside, to go. Yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of challenge. Risk. It's still fragmented a bit, right? The industry. Like, I know we talk about, uh, I think it's Verbo now. They're going by not VRBO. And Airbnb. Uh, and everyone use those names? Let's not. No, I, 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 I was saying we were, we, we being Jeff, yes. we're saying those names. But if you ask anybody currently, right? And I know that was my view is like, well, those are the, that's the industry. But in reality, what I'm hearing from you is no, 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 no. Those are portions of or a part of a larger industry that are it's a bit more fragmented and when i talk with lawmakers they say the same thing mm-hmm. they say oh before i met you i thought the in- we called airbnb that's the industry to us right right when in reality that's a corporation that's headquartered in, in california right that actually is not it's nearly it's just a platform yeah right? it's not yeah. nearly as vested mm-hmm. as these actual homeowners and managers who are working in communities Right. So, I mean, I know we can talk about this forever. I do have one more thought question. I know, yeah. and then we, but there's other, you're a very interesting person. So there's a lot more to talk about than just this. But a uh, question I have for you is where do you see this going in terms of an industry? You know, because at some point industry has to like mature and evolve, right? And so is it better to have it fragmented or is it better to have it more consolidated at some point so that there's, there is regulation, there is some sort of structure to it. It depends on who you're asking. <laughs> well, I'm asking you. Yeah. yeah. I like to think that the variety mm-hmm. and the best aspects of fragmentation in that sense are the soul of our industry. Character. Sure. Right. Personality. Right. Quirks. One of a kind right. hosts and properties that change the way that you meet a destination. Mm-hmm. That's great. For me as a traveler, that's the way I like to travel. So long as it goes well. (laughs) One of a kind on the opposite side of the spectrum. Right, 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 right. But so if like along those lines of what Brett was talking about with those other two brands whose names we shall not state anymore, if somebody's interested in vacation rental or an extended stay rental, where should they go as an alternative? This is the other hard reality is that there's really not a singular place that you can go. You can call me. Right. And 
I can cross my fingers that I happen to know a great professional manager in any in given that, destination. Wherever where I'm going. Like you did. Right. Remember you, you asked yeah, me for yeah. a manager in uh-huh. Breckenridge. Yeah, yeah. I happen to know someone. Right. But that's a one-off chance. Right. right. So we suffer from that fragmentation a great deal. Right. And we place all this power into the hands of the platforms. Right. For better or worse. But you are organizing, maybe that's not the right verb, but a group of rental owners who work with you in various capacities, right? Is there a future platform or something in the making? Or if you can reveal that. My business model is a paid membership where you as a property owner or manager want to improve your hospitality. You want to use the best tools to serve your guests. You join and you have access to me and my team as well as more than 1,300 other property owners and managers around the world. Right. So that's my business model. I always revert back to those members. So if someone says, do you know a manager in Breckenridge? I say, why, yes, I do. One of yeah, our longest standing members. Right. members. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't say anything about the properties other than the person who's managing it is serious and treats us like a business. Right. As opposed to a, a hobbyist mm-hmm. who, who knows what might happen. That said, the future is very unclear because a lot of destinations are trying to address this and throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. And it's literally shutting down entire municipalities, Mm. short-term rental operations. So our big job now is to be advocates and to show up at these city council meetings and to educate people on what we do and Mm. and how it contributes. Yeah, I was going to ask you, it sounds like you're you're serving as a lobbyist these days in some respects. Yeah, it's a whole new world. Well, it's interesting because, Jeff, you said a few minutes ago, you know, you don't want the short-term rental next door to you. Right. But right. you're you're a prolific user oh, yeah. of short-term no, rentals a, where you go, right? Yeah, so no, there's that whole, and that's a fair point, right? But you know, I mean, listen, you're right. not throwing parties and going right. crazy and stuff like that, right. but you're respectful. We're respectful. We're quiet, but if there were clean. a short-term rental next to you that people went in and out and you wouldn't know, other than seeing different people in no. different cars, maybe. would be happy. Yeah, would not be happy. You would not be happy with no. that, right? Because there's just right. randoms next door, right? right. So that right. obviously presents a significant hurdle, right to that. The question I have for you on the platform you're working on and, and the business, which sounds awesome, on, but it's one side of the business, right? Is there a way to take that given the database and maybe yeah. you're planning on it or have already done that and getting the customers to access that platform? Yeah, we talk a lot about, we take turning it inside out. Yeah. So that all of our members and the hundreds of thousands of properties that they manage mm-hmm. could be easily booked by someone who happens to want a property in any given destination. Right, right. Yeah, we talk about that a lot and we kind of do that Currently, but the next phase is actually presenting it in an easy way for people to book. You can at least trust us that this is going to be a... So we'll wait for the next Super Bowl. I want to rent from some of your people. I'd rather rent from your people. It it reduces the risk a great deal. And the professionalism in the industry is growing. Mm -hmm. But there was something really interesting that you said, and I oftentimes feel very... He, he was like, looking at me just so everyone it was knows it wasn't yes. Jeff. It was Brad. Okay, Jeff Brad. Just for sure. yeah. just, I just want our listener to know that. Yeah. Oh, they know. <laughs> they know the interesting questions come from Brad Amron. I feel yeah. conflicted at, at yeah. times when I work in this industry, mm-hmm. and yet I would never move to or, or even want. agree right. to having a short-term rental next door to me. Right. That's not consistent. No, it's not. No. Has your mind changed at all on that over um, time? Or last spring break, more reinforced. <laughs> last spring break, I was trying to cross the street. In fact, near where you used to live. Yeah. On Michigan, and a guy came flying through 
in a rented like Lamborghini. And if I wasn't And you looking, could tell they were rented because it's probably some gaudy color. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It wasn't like beige. Exactly. <laughs> it's like oh, green, right? <laughs> Flying through the stop signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and luckily I saw him coming and I just watched, hoping to God that no one walked out in front. Yeah. No one did. But it was a really f- frightening experience. That evening, oh. I got targeted online by an ad on, I think, Instagram that said, are you sick and tired of spring breakers and short-term rentals flying through the neighborhood? <laughs> and I was like, why? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, but no. Right. No, right, first right. and foremost, I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. I was terrified by right, it. Right, but? So I signed up. Ah, well, nice. And it was, uh, it's the local neighborhood uh, yeah, commissioner. Sure. Oh, sure. And I said, full disclaimer. Ooh, you're a mall. I work in this industry. <laughs> like, this is what I do for a living. Yeah. But first and foremost, I'm a terrified neighbor. That yeah, car right. almost hit me. Yeah, That's funny. And that for me was the awkward yeah. reality of change that I'm dealing with yeah. right now. Yeah. But you're going to fix the industry. And maybe that's how one do you of fix your aspirations that, to get that? to a point where people like yourself are not afraid of having that in their neighborhood. But how do you stop the irresponsible actors from just but wreaking havoc? It, because you said you're assembling a database and you're checking on who the renters are. Like I have ratings on those various platforms, the unnamed platforms. And so if you're able to- 0.0. If you're able to <laughs> not rent. <laughs> yeah, mine has like a red flag on it. It comes up with a red flag. But wait, can I jump in for a second on that? Because- how do you know that that car that that was right, flying yeah, through was, was a short-term rent? Yeah. You have no idea. You just, you know, they could just as easily, and they may have been. I have no idea. But they also could just easily check into a, a hotel. Yeah. yeah, A nice hotel, yeah. a shitty hotel, a small boutique hotel right. on the beat, whatever it is, right? And they could be driving through the neighborhood. So I have no idea. One of the other biggest complaints that we get. So the biggest complaints that short-term rentals receive in any destination are either noise. Mm-hmm. And parking and trash yeah, sure. nuisance or the housing argument. Which is what? What's the housing? This is another one that we've been lumped into. Mm. Short-term rentals have driven up the cost oh, of housing, because the, cost of, the cost of living. Yeah. Because yeah. investors are buying yeah. and, they and drive guests up the are price. staying yeah. for right. thousands of dollars for night, let's say. Yeah. Are we involved in that? Probably in some way. And contributing to You're the shortage. making houses more affordable well, because no. people can buy a house and then rent it out and generate a little revenue. Yeah, but, but, but is that it's actually in, in sort of taking that to the next level, one of the arguments could be, right? Because there is a shortage of right. homes for people to live in. And if somebody is buying, let's say, Jeff, you decided to do the short-term rental business and be a homeowner and you bought 10 homes. Right. Now, so now you're contributing because the people that are renting from you presumably are short-term rentals, else. which live somebody right. else. And so you're taking, okay. so it's very complex. So it's, it's yeah. very complex. A lot of issues with that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe we should back out of this. And yeah. Talk yeah. No, we could talk about this tell, tell us about your podcast. I like it. Yeah. We just uh, officially retired. Oh, well then let's not spend any time on that. <laughs> but but It I got wrote, to a perfect vintage. It did. It was, How it many did. episodes Good. did you 160. do? 160. Wow. Nice. All right. I think, um, you know, we're, we aspire. This is pretty close to 100 today. This is, we're somewhere, we're in the 90s. You can take a look and you can see what it is. I could, but we have some in the queue and so I don't know no, exactly. No, 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 I think oh, okay. there was a, a number on there. But yeah, we're close. Oh, yeah. We're not, well, we're not oh, we're yeah. close to 100. I'm sorry, you're right. Nine, this is this is number 97. This episode should yeah. be number 97. It'll be we're getting thereabouts. There. I'm impressed. Yeah. We came to a point with ours that it was time to reset the format mm-hmm. and focus. Mm. So I temporarily suspended, suspended, unlocked as we knew it. 
with 160 episodes. You locked it? We locked it temporarily. <laughs> but I'm going to be unlocking it uh-huh. for an intermission. And the intermission oh. is going to be a couple episodes that's going to explain the last six months of my life. Wow. I like that. Wow, well, oh, so it's what? going to be called should intermission or unlocked ask, can you, intermission? Can you, can, you, yeah, can you give a preview, preview so that our the, listener the next, may be interested in listening the to the next intermission? next six yeah. months or the last six months of your life. I mean, I've known you during that period. What Perhaps Can you, you give didn't. us a summary of something that, yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil the show. No, pre- no this a, is a little teaser. A, pre- a, little preview, a teaser, yeah. yeah. This is real. I arrived at a moment about six months ago in which my business and the different projects that I was working on began to unravel. Too many plates spinning mm-hmm. without enough full focus in any given one. And suddenly started to be very unpassionate about all of them wow. because I felt so spread thin. And that was a, like a slow but really scary process because mm-hmm. I'm an entrepreneur. I mean, my livelihood depends on my businesses only to realize every one of my projects and business relationships was unclear. Okay. Mm. I mean, this is, I think this is a, a common, first of all, you're not alone, Matt. Thank you. But the, I think this is a common okay. problem for entrepreneurs and business leaders who get spread thin or they try to take on too many things. I mean, I've talked to many entrepreneurs about, you know, the whole idea of the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And it seems like you've been through that. Yeah. And what happens when the main thing is suddenly not exciting to you anymore? Mm-hmm. Right. And where are you in your process? Are you still you have to making listen your to way the through? You have to listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I went on a bit of a soul searching journey to figure out what was really important to me, the kinds of people that I wanted to work with, the topics that I wanted to work with, what would get me creative and excited again. And ironically, it's not the form like podcast that will change. In fact, I I plan to come back to the podcast as a form. It's the stuff that's deeper than that. It's the things that I stand for, the things that really bother me, the personal stuff that almost all of my clients are going through Mm -hmm. right now, but that we don't really ever address. And being clear on my story. And it's basically been a six-month masterclass in storytelling. I hired two coaches who help people understand their stories better. And it's been really revealing and really uncertain, to be, to be honest. But I'm very excited about it. And I'm finally back at this stage when I sit down at my desk each morning. I'm finally, like, super excited again. Good for you. Well, not to go too far. Yeah. And if I, we go I, too I far, then, I yeah, know, I feel like I want to dig too. Okay, um, yeah. But Sorry. To, to ask the next question is, was there sort of a triggering event right. that led to this? Yeah, there was. I had a premiere for one of my latest documentaries Mm -hmm. in Las Vegas with a thousand people. And it was a very complex event at Caesar's palace. Had like, I rented a a huge turtle, like live turtle for the red carpet. (laughs) Did not, that's not the word I, (laughs) you said I rented a huge, I thought it was going to be a tent. Right. A right. turtle. A okay. Yeah, a tortoise. Huge, okay. He rented right. a tortoise. And the show was in the turtle? No, I'm kidding. The, there, there was a turtle theme about it. Right. Okay. It was kind of like an inside joke. You had to okay. be there. Okay. But it was a huge event. It was at our industry's biggest international conference, kickoff evening. By all standards, it was a great success. However, I had this, it really sat with me wrong that whole evening. And one part of it was because we've never hosted anything like that. And I made the mistake of leaving bars open in the back the entire time. So people were just getting hammered. <laughs> so there was a bit of a distraction, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning until we could finally reel people in. But there was something about the size of this that was like overwhelming to me. And I started thinking about why exactly 
why is this uncomfortable? Like, this is the good kind of change. And I realized that the film that we were showing, which is called Home Runners, this is the word that I use to describe our colleagues, they're home runners. Mm -hmm. It was about one of my clients who is basically the second largest vacation rental manager in the country. And his whole business model is to bring standards to this fragmented industry. He's brilliant. One of the most remarkable small business stories that I, that I know. Mm -hmm. So we spent six months on the road filming him, telling his story. And I was so proud of that film. However, it was at that event and this whole overwhelming feeling of people that I realized I didn't even know what the story was that we were trying to tell about the industry. Mm. This was basically a portrait, an advertisement about one company. And for that, it was great because he paid for it too. So he, he was very happy. But for me, I was like, wait a minute. This is what's Steve's the, story. What's the uh, What's my story? What's the, yeah, what, yeah. what story do I want to tell? And I had no idea. And suddenly I started applying that to all of my different mm-hmm. projects where I was feeling tangled. And it was the exact same in every single instance. And mm-hmm. I was the common denominator. It's the like, how does cliche. this fit within my story? Yeah. Or what? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. So but, and part of that is what are you trying to do and what's important to you? And, and what have do you, you want? figured out what it is you want? And no. what you're just trying? I'm working on it. Because sometimes that is the quest. Like the task is to be in search of a task or like the meaning is to be in search of meaning or whatever, but I'm still on it. It's true. One of the things I look up to about these people that I work with who are all very visionaries, they see these things in the future. They know exactly where they want to go. And I don't ever feel like I've really had that for better or worse. And I think developing the core values of the kinds of things that I want is the first step as opposed to really being able to predict exactly what I want. But it's an ongoing process for me. In fact, that indecision is, I think, my biggest challenge in life right now. It's almost coming up with the core values and a mission statement rather than for a business, but for you, right? Yeah, that was a very cathartic process going through that. Did you actually physically have to go on a journey? Like, did you decide to that I'm going to go somewhere or I'm going to, right? I don't know. I did. Did you? you I went to Israel. Did you? Which as Mm -hmm. a... 40-year-old Jew Mm -hmm. who never took up the birthright (laughs) opportunity. Yeah, I never either. I didn't either, yeah. Which is basically... I didn't even know if they had birthright back then. Yeah, I think they did. Did they start it back then? Yeah, I think so. Okay. No, I didn't. But I don't know. For whatever reason, I never took it up. Yeah, yeah. And in hindsight, I think it was because I was a little intimidated by Israel or something. The media just kind of made me like Mm -hmm. a little scared. It's a beautiful place, isn't it? And it was going there and visiting one of my clients Mm -hmm. and seeing that country and seeing where, first of all, everyone looks exactly like me. (laughs) I was like, wow, (laughs) that's where I came from. And it was very grounding in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I came back with really a new purpose, I would say. Mm -hmm. So that was actually a trip that really changed the way that I'm thinking about things at a good time. Yes. Amazing how that happens, isn't it? You ever been on a trip at a particular time that changed things? Yeah. I have. I'm about to go on another one, maybe. Where are you going? Tell them. Going to Nepal. Yeah. To? We're going to trek to Everest Base Camp. Mm, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So. And where does that fit in your life? I'll let you know when I get back. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Yeah. But it's interesting because we're talking about, you know, your business is destination oriented, but we are talking about the importance of the journey. And so maybe the destination yeah. is really part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Should we just end it there? Cause I feel like that's I'm, powerful. Actually, I do have, I do have one other area, which I thought was super interesting. Yeah. That you mentioned, and I think it was in the bio, but maybe not about this whole gang, the, the work, oh, your yeah. work with gangs. Glad you asked that. Um, yeah. That's down in Panama as well. Yeah. So when I moved to Panama in 2006, mm-hmm. I bought the vacation rental company. We were the oldest 
existing and only existing mm-hmm. place to stay in town. If you had come down between 2006, 2015, mm-hmm. you would have stayed with us. We were the only place to stay in the entire historic district. That's so cool. That's cool mm-hmm. for all the upsides, but there's also all the downsides of being the only place in town. Mm-hmm. And one of ours was that this was still a very developing neighborhood and street gangs were constantly fighting back and forth. And our guests were getting caught in crossfires. Yeah, no, you can't have that. Yeah. When we, not good for business. No, not good no, for not business. Good, yeah. Not good for, <laughs> not good for, not good for, not good for anyone. Not good for Definitely business. Right. Yeah, but yeah, if you're yeah. running a resort, right? Yeah. Yeah. Short term rental business. Well, but that, well, that one was, yeah. I We're guess making progress. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm caught. It was a, res- yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to shut up and just let you go. <laughs> this was one of those instances in which you realize that no one else is going to solve that problem for you. Yeah. The government of Panama was certainly not going to do anything. There were really not a whole lot of other business owners, with one exception, another hospitality professional who is also my mentor and a real estate developer in town. We had an inciting moment in which we lost a little neighbor of ours oh, named geez. Kevin. Oh, man. Effectively on our doorstep <sighs> from a stray bullet. And that was real and terrifying. Yeah, sure. And we said, what are we going to do about this? So we went back to what each of these gang members had been asking for, which is quite unique. We had been walking past them every single day, formed casual relationships the same way both of you would if you happened to have lived there. Mm -hmm. You pass in the street, you say good morning, you talk about whatever. There's a mutual respect. But interestingly, all of these members had always been asking us not for money, but for a job. We're like, hmm, we should come up with a way to get them a job. And if you peel back that layer, you need to teach a gang member first how to like shower right. and present how to himself. Work and job, sure, right. sure. Right. Skills. Right. Basic the, skills that we think that we don't even think about that. Right. Yeah, are, that our parents taught us. Right. Or, exactly. That maybe they didn't have a mm-hmm. teacher. And we put together, we, we raised some money. We put our own money in as well. We hired a gang whisperer. Effectively. Wow. Which is a guy who worked for the government, but knew all the gangs like really Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. We hired a psychologist. We hired a social worker. And we put together an intervention program that started by inviting the gang to the jungle. Wow. And being really honest with one another, like, look, dudes, no one else is going to solve this. So here's what we have to offer. 10 weeks of training followed by labor insertion. You get get a job. And the leaders... They were like, we're in. And that was actually a huge discovery. Working directly with the gang leaders makes everything very much less complicated. They sent all of their members to 10 weeks showing up for class in the morning, shirts tucked in, and they all graduated the program and got jobs in our neighborhood, including at my vacation rental company. The big turning point for that program was when their rivals- I was just going to ask that question. If there were (laughs) rivals, yeah. Came to us and I, I was like getting ready to curl up into a ball. (laughs) <laughs> and said, where's our intervention? Wow. And that was the start of Esperanza. That's amazing. We demobilized all five of, yeah, we demobilized all five of those gangs. The cool spinoff program was the Social Venture Club. So all the gang members, mm-hmm. pretty good at following orders, really just want to be able to have a job and bring money home. The leaders, not so straightforward. Mm. The leaders are much more entrepreneurial, much more manipulative. <laughs> right. All the well, they're used to being the boss and yeah, now yeah, they're not yeah. the boss anymore. That's right. how they rose to the level of leader, right? right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sure. So instead of trying to destroy all of that, we actually embraced it and we built a social venture club in which neighbors could contribute funds, mm-hmm. Shark Tank style pitch to the group with a business coach. And we ended up funding like 
10 businesses that way. Wow. I love that. One of which became quite famous walking tours of the former gang zone. Those guys are like featured in every sexy travel magazine out there. That's awesome. That's That's awesome, man. That's great. I love that. So by comparison, Mm -hmm. the gang members have nothing on short-term rental professionals. Yeah. (laughs) They're truly crazy individuals. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. That's great work. Um, I love that you're doing something that is sort of, you know, there's a self-interest in that. You're protecting your business interests, but also giving back. And, you know, there's just, that's just a win, win, win. And so much purpose too. When you, when you find a project like that, Mm -hmm. that is much bigger than you. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really special time in my life. And all you did was show an interest in somebody else who has been overlooked pretty much their whole life. Yeah. You know, and and creatively come up with a solution on our own. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Kudos. Great work. So I always say at the end of the episode to please subscribe, share, leave a review, but I wanted to explain that these are not just words that subscribing to this show and leaving a review will actually help others find the show and it will help us grow and it'll help us devote more time and produce better content for you. And so I want to be clear that Brett and I do this because we thoroughly enjoy it. We enjoy speaking with our guests like Matt Landau. We love when we hear from someone who tells us they listened to an episode and they really got something meaningful from it. And so we want to keep doing it. So if you will subscribe and if you leave us a review, that will help us make the show better for you, the listener. Help us help you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share it with your friends, leave reviews. Thank you to Mr. Nelson. Shout out, Nelson. Thank you to Matt Landau. Thank you to Brett Amron. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you, Nelson. And thank this you, Matt. Matt. Thank this you, guys. This is awesome. This is the best legal podcast I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> For more information on this show and other resources, visit FastAmron.com and connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at FastAmron.